Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome back to the Holtcast. It's been a while, isn't it? I'm so glad to be back and joining me today is Joe Donahue from the Yorkshire Evening Post. How are you, Joe? I'm very good. Thanks for the uh, fun- thanks for the invite on. Yeah, so I mean, it's been a while since we, we last played in the Premier League and I, for one, personally can't wait to have it back. I was looking at Leeds and it's actually been a month since you last played. How, how has it felt in the absence? Um, it's been a, it's been a long slog, I'll tell you that. Um, twenty nine days, I think, is how long it will be by the time the two teams take on um, each other at Ellen Road on Sunday. So um, it's it's been a while, yeah. I mean, fourth of September was pretty much still the summer, and then second of October feels like the dark nights are drawing in. So um, yeah, it's been it's been a while. Uh, there's only been I think two, or there will have been two under twenty ones games in, in that period as well. So it's been very very sparse. So um, yeah, looking forward to actually getting back to the ground and, and watching some football. Yeah, I don't blame you. I was I was doing my research before we came on and Leeds last time out obviously lost 5-2 to Brentford and that was, I think, your third defeat in a row. Now, obviously, having had that break, how do you think Je- Jesse Marsh will have used that to his advantage? Um, well, I think they'll have they'll have had some. So I think it was uh, Brendan Aronson um, who said that they'd had some intra-squad friendlies um, during that sort of that layoff. Um, so they've been trying to stay match sharp with that. There were a few of the first team players, Liam Cooper, Patrick Bamford, Luke Ayling, Junior Furpo, all played for the 21s a couple of weeks ago as well, just to keep that, keep themselves ticking over. There's a few of them coming back from injury as well. So um, yeah, I think that, that sort of match practice as well as maybe a little bit of R&R. So the ones who are, haven't been on international duty um, they've been given some time off as well. So um, there's there's definitely been um, a, a mixed approach, but I think getting players back on the training pitch and having them there for the, the bulk of this sort of 29-day period will um, will definitely have been uh, helpful to, to maybe put right the wrongs that, that were at Brentford and, and sort of get back to the, uh, the form that, that Leeds began the season with. You say get back to the form. You're currently sat in 11th, uh, one point above Villa, however, having played a game less. Um, how would you describe your start to the season so far? I think Le- Leeds fans can probably look at it and say that it's it's a positive all-round start. I think the Brentford game is obviously the one major blip, but there were, despite the scoreline, there were definitely chances to, to, to turn that score around and um, for, for that to be a very different game. Um, there were, you know, a few individual errors in there as well, which were, you know, won't happen in every game. Um, so I think Leeds fans can probably look at it positively. Um, you know, especially beating Chelsea three 0 that's a that's a massive result. Uh, probably the biggest with fans there at Ellen Road since um, since they were promoted back to the Premier League. Um, so I think you know, being around mid table after sort of the 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 constant anxiety of relegation last term um, is is it, it shows progression. But I think. I always say this, you know, the jury's still out. It's still very much early days. The the Premier League's still in a state of flux and out of its natural order. Um, so we'll we'll have to wait and see. But a game against Villa, um, two teams who are quite, I'd say, quite matched, um, will probably be a good test. Yeah, I mean, the first the first person I really want to delve into is Jesse Marsh for me. 
Um, obviously, Bielsa left and Jesse came in and it was perhaps almost impossible for him to win the fans over straight away due to having such a likeable character in Marcelo Bielsa depart. I mean, it was very similar when Dean Smith got sacked and Gerard got brought in. Fans love to reminisce over someone that they loved and someone that they could relate to. And Leeds definitely had that with Bielsa. How has he managed to win the fans over? Um, I think first and foremost, with with wins and performances, um, you know that's the, the the easiest way to do it, really, isn't it? When um, when you take over a job from from somebody who's been as revered as Marcelo Bielsa was, um, the way that he was going to first of all um, win the fans over was was keeping Leeds in the Premier League. He achieved that uh, in the summer. There was some you know really aggressive transfer business, signing some players um, very early on in the window. Um, and then the, the start to this year as well, um, with some some big wins, some important wins, games that perhaps Leeds would have lost last year, like the the two one against Wolves on the opening day. Um, I'd, I'd say that the, there's definitely a, a better feeling around around the place now. Um, they're in much better fettle than they were when Villa last visited Ellen Road uh, for that three nil. Um, and I think that's mainly because you know there's there's going to be a period of adaptation with any new manager, especially the circumstances with which he came in. So. Um, yeah, it's slowly but surely he's, he's starting to to convince um, you know the the majority of Leeds fans that that he knows what he's doing. And I mean, he's still relatively early into his reign at Ellen Road. From from what you've seen so far, what sort of heights can he achieve with this Leeds team? What's um, his ceiling? I, I think in terms of his ceiling, um, you know, part of me wants to say you know mid table because th- there is always going to be the the financial constraints that teams outside the top 6 have to you know the, the the budgetary constraints that they have to abide by um but i think you know to, to it would be getting ahead of myself to be talking about maybe you know top half finishes on the regular or you know um finishing in uh in in the european places because as we've seen you know there's there's very very few teams who are able to do that who aren't part of the the big six uh, the big 6 um, so, yeah, it's. I'd probably say mid table is very achievable, um, but beyond that, you'd have to probably see a little bit more investment in the squad um, and some a, a little bit more consistency as well. You know, you don't really see those top half teams conceding five, even when they don't deserve to. It just it just doesn't happen. So, um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see what what happens there. But in terms of his ceiling, based on the, the eighteen or nineteen games that he's coached so far. Um, I'd say that he definitely can get this team to to consolidate themselves in mid-table. You talk about investment. It was a weird transfer window for Leeds, really. You lost, obviously, Rafinha to Barcelona and then Calvin Phillips moving to Manchester City. And you brought in a lot of players from outside of England, such as Brendan Aronson, Tyler Adams, Sinistera, Christensen and Rocker, just to name a few. How have they adapted into making Leeds successful while losing two of arguably your best players? Yeah, I mean, there's no getting away from it. Rafinha and Phillips have been instrumental over the past couple of seasons, um, particularly Rafinha over the last 12 months when, um, you know, Calvin Phillips spent a long time out injured. Um, I think, you know, losing them and, and getting 100 million in for them was, on reflection, probably decent business, not outstanding business, uh, because you see the likes of Wesley Fofana going for 70 odd million. Um, but I think it was decent um, to, to get those sorts of figures uh, in a cumulative figure of 100 million. Um, but in terms of the new the new additions, I think they've taken to life relatively well. Um, Brendan Aronson hit the ground running. Um, I think Mark Rocker and Tyler Adams have 
have really, really mitigated the loss of Calvin Phillips. Um, you know, they've while yes, it's an additional player doing the the job that Phillips did previously. I think it's a better approach having two players do that defensive midfield duty um, because you know you've got two players there who complement each other quite well. You know, Rocker, while he does get stuck in and 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 is very partial to a tackle, he's very good at progressing the ball. Um, lots of progressive passes this season. Um, and then you've got Tyler Adams, who maybe does a bit of the grunt work more often, you know, chasing, harrying, pressing, tackling, intercepting, all that sort of thing. Um, whereas you kind of had Calvin Phillips doing both. So they've been, they've really, really worked, I think, so far. Um, same as Aronson. Um, Sinistera, he scored in his last three games for Leeds, I think, um, which is obviously good going. Um, he's He seems really confident and is it's something which having lost Rafinha, they needed someone with a little bit of X factor, maybe not the same level as Rafinha because he's a fantastic player, but somebody who, who shows flashes of it um, to, to really put people at ease and say that, you know what? Yeah, we have lost a, a very good player here, but we've reinvested in a player who we believe in time can be just as good. Um, I'd say the only one who's maybe struggled a little bit with the, the adaptation has been Christensen uh, at right back. Um, but I mean, he's showed enough when he's played for Denmark and when he's played in the Champions League for Salzburg that he does have quality and, and I'm sure that'll that'll come come out in, in time. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, you know, some transfers take longer to adapt to certain clubs than others do. So it all sounds really promising from a Leeds perspective. If we, obviously we're going to have Villa fans on here that don't know too much about Leeds. What could you tell them as to what they can expect from Leeds come the weekend? Yeah, and I think that's that's a very fair question because um, the last time they faced each other, uh, Leeds and Villa, you know, it was I think it was the second game in charge for Jesse Marsh. So the the ideas that he wanted to instill probably weren't bedded in just yet. Um, and you know, now there's been eighteen or nineteen games he's been in charge of, and the team really are starting to reflect the way that he wants to play. Um, and for, for from a for a Villa perspective, you know, what to expect would be. You know, um, you're high pressing, very similar to to what uh, Bielsa brought, but the main difference is that it's ball orientated rather than man orientated. Uh, in that, you know, you, Jesse Marsh wants his players, multiple players, to swarm the man in possession, um, to to kind of force a turnover wherever that be on the pitch. Um, and I think defensively, Leeds are a little bit more solid at the back um, this season. They're allowing fewer chances, fewer entries into the penalty box. Um, Ilan Melia is making fewer saves which you know on the face of it is like oh well, that's not good but it is because there are fewer shots being taken so um you want to make sure that your your goalkeeper's job is as um is is as easy as possible don't you so um i'd say on on balance it's it's definitely a, a more even game a more even contest than it was in ooh, i think march that's when when it was last uh, last played this game but um yeah definitely the high pressing the swarming um high energy uh lots of uh, lots of centrality so you know that the leads don't really play without and out wingers anymore um they try and sort of pack those central areas and create sort of little one twos and passes to 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 get round defenders so that's probably in a nutshell what to expect right and <laughs> unfortunately from from my perspective that's that's normally what villa struggle with so it might be a really interesting and another high scoring game between the two at the weekend now the last question i have for you before we move on to villa is from seeing what you've seen so far early on in the season i know that we've had a lot of breaks and you know there hasn't really been a massive continuum of football what can you expect from leeds or what would you like to expect from the rest of the season 
Um, I think to expect from Leeds from the rest of the season, um, probably just to consolidate this position, just to be away from the the maelstrom at the bottom of the table. Um, you know, being dragged into that has lots of repercussions in that, you know, you, you it, there's a lot more pressure uh, when you're going into, into games which ordinarily wouldn't be, you know, six pointers, for example, um, as we saw towards the end of last season. I think building on the, the, the decent start is key because then you're not trying to, to, to sort of um, clamber back points back at uh, the back end of the season um, because, you know, you'd rather have them in the bag, essentially, wouldn't you, uh, rather than games still to be played. So um, I think if Leeds can consolidate themselves between that sort of 10th to 14th range um, over the course of this season, then I don't think there could be many complaints. Um, just remaining competitive against teams around them, that's what they've always been good at. Um, in the good times since coming up to the Premier League. Um, and you know what, if they can grab a, a, a result like they did against Chelsea further down the line against one of the big teams, then that's going to go a long way and, and keep the sort of the, the good feeling and, and really begin to convince that there is a, there is a plan here uh, and, and that it is being carried out quite successfully. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's what all football fans look for in their football club is what is the plan and and can we get behind it? Now, let's move over to Villa. Um, as a lot of our listeners will be Villa fans, Villa unbeaten in their last four at Ellen Road, two wins and two draws. However, yet to win away from home so far this season. We've currently only won two games this season and in those two games have come massive, massive consequences. We beat Everton, at home 2-1 and we lost Diego Carlos for what looks like to be the rest of the season and then in our most recent win against Southampton we've also lost another new signing Bubakar Kamara for at least two months is what's being banded about so arguably our two best players having stretches on the sideline is definitely not ideal it's a really difficult one for Villa because before obviously the break due to the Queen's passing we had Leicester and Southampton before the international break and a lot of people were going well Steven Gerrard in our eyes has to win at least one of those two and get results in both of them to keep his job here at Villa Park there were a lot of rumours of discontent a lot of unhappiness amongst the fan base with like you said, Gerard's lack of style or lack of plan and not being able to get the best out of his team. However, obviously that Leicester game then got called off and he beat Southampton in an unconvincing 1-0 win. Um, and again, he's had now another break to be able to get the team playing to how he wants them to. I still feel as though 
the next few weeks coming up could be absolutely crucial to his reign. He needs to get some more points on the board to get us away from that drop zone and to really get us firing this season. Um, how do you think Leeds would be able to nullify Villa? What have you seen from Villa so far this season? Well, I mean, I'd say that, I mean, I watched the, the preseason game between um, Leeds and, and Villa in, over in Australia and there was quite a few occasions where Villa caught Leeds on the counter and that was something which sort of formed an opinion early on in the in the season that Leeds might be a little bit susceptible to those. Um, I still maintain that I think Ollie Watkins is one of the most underrated um, centre forwards in, in the league um, because, you know, he, he's, he's he's very much an all-rounder, isn't he? Um, he's, he's he's physical whilst whilst not looking like an imposing type of player. You know, he's he's got a turn of pace, he's quick, he can get in behind. And I think if... If Leeds were going man to man, which they won't, I do think that Watkins could definitely cause problems. I still think he will, um, but in terms of Le- how can how Leeds can nullify Villa, I think it would probably be playing on that that rustiness maybe of of some of the the players in central areas who will have to play in in Carlos and, and Kamara's absence because you know they've been. I mean, obviously they they started most games when they were when they were fit. Probably all of them, I think, in Kamara's case. Um, and you know, I, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure who will replace him, or whether there'll be sort of a, a tactical switch there. But whoever comes in in that in that role will have to be really alert because you're constantly going to have whichever Leeds player starts in the number ten, always trying to get in behind the defensive midfielder, and then you're always going to have the centre forward, which will likely be Patrick Bamford, trying to occupy the centre halves. And I think going through the, those central spaces, those quick interchanges, those patches passages of play. Um, Leads are only getting better in those those elements of the game, um, so that's probably where leads are not not nullified, but probably going to have an impact on the game. And and it's to do with you know the the, the unfortunate situation for Villa in that they've lost two key players there. Um, I think there definitely still is a threat from Villa on the counter attack. I mean, we saw that at Villa Park when Bielsa was still there in that three three. You know, Jacob Ramsey, um, Coutinho, Wendia, those types of players. Um, definitely can hurt Leeds, but I'd say now they're a little bit more solid with sort of that double pivot of of Rocker and and Tyler Adams, uh, maybe to to nullify that a little bit. What's your thoughts on Steven Gerrard as a coach? Um, I, I was quite impressed with him to begin with, but as I mean, as you you'll be aware, you know the the, the recent run hasn't been, you know, as as desired from a from a Villa perspective, has it? Um, I think I, I know what you mean in terms of the. The, the style or the plan and the, the way of playing it's it's maybe I mean it's definitely been impacted by injuries but I think it's maybe less defined than for example you know Leeds United's way of playing it's 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 quite clear you know how Leeds are going to set up uh, and that's because Marsh and the coaching staff and the the club kind of make make a big song and dance about this is how we're going to play um I don't mean I, I don't know what it's like from your perspective you know do you feel that there is a sort of a an identifiable style that that is synonymous with with Gerard's Villa. It's a really difficult one because every time we play, it almost seems to change. Some some weeks we'll try and go long, but with players like Coutinho and Emi Buendia, that doesn't really work for us. Mm. We don't really have that target, man. And some weeks we'll try and keep the ball and pass it about, but we'll try and pass it into the goal and it won't really work. We Gerard said it a lot that we have those players in the final third who should be able to create that little bit of magic but haven't been able to. Maybe that's due to his constant changing of the front three. Not having a out-and-out front three that plays most weeks is going to hurt them due to 
making runs which aren't being made or that lack of communication there. But again, these things take time. He's been in the job less than a year. So it's all about how long do you give him for this this style of play to come in? A lot of people are saying, well, let's give him a preseason and see how that turns out. But our, our, our run in form, I haven't got it on me, which is unusual for me. Dating mm. back to even last season is really poor. I think it's something like four wins in 16, 17, which is relegation form. So it's worrying, but it's it's about keeping that level head for me and deciding the club have a plan here. The club wanted Gerard, So how much time do they then give Gerard to, to make things right with his own players? So it's difficult. My next question for you is also going to be just as difficult. You've mentioned mm. what you think of Steven Gerrard. Now, if you were Steven Gerrard, given obviously how much you know about Leeds, what do you think would give Villa the best chance of beating Leeds at the weekend? Um, I'd probably focus on the right-hand side of Leeds' defence um, with Christensen, who would probably be there, or Luke Ayling, who might be there. Um, Ayling, who has has just come back from knee surgery, so still a little bit rusty, but um, was reasonable enough against Brentford. Um, but Urente, I think, will probably start on the right side of of defence, especially if Liam Cooper's back, because he plays on the on the left side of the the, the centre back pairing. Um, and Urente can is is very much a hit and miss player. You know, he's he can be fantastic and very much worthy of his of his you know continued Spain call ups. Or he can have a game like he did at Brentford when it was um, a little bit subpar to say the least. To be to be kind to him, um, I'd, I'd probably focus on that. I mean, Villa's left side in terms of the attack and, and Leeds's right defensive right hand side. Okay, and then just a few more questions before we we wrap it up. Obviously, you've mentioned what you think of the game this weekend. If I had to push you for a score prediction, oh, um, I always hate score predictions because I always feel like they're just going to be, you know, dragged back up when I'm completely wrong. But um, I do enough go of them it. to know. <laughs> um, I'm probably going to go with two-one uh, Leeds, um, given that it is at Ellen Road and Leeds' home form has been pretty strong so far this season. Um, and also what you said about Villa not having won away already this year. So um, I'm going to go 2-1. I think it'll be an you know, even game, um, 1-0 Leeds, 1-1 Villa. And then I think Leeds will find a, a winner from somewhere. Yeah. And with with our team's recent, obviously, goal-scoring friend, frenzies when they play against each other, I, I was thinking a 2 all draw. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I don't know if that's what we need at this moment in time. Villa really need to continue their last win with another another result so it all depends hopefully Gerard's used that break just like you said Jesse Jesse Marsh might have done to their benefit and the last question before I go is I always ask people a non-related football question which is then passed down through the podcast so we the last podcast that was actually recorded was an Arsenal one now I did record a Leicester preview but that never went out due to the game not going ahead however the question that was asked on that was what would be your ideal away day playlist away day playlist oh that's very good actually um a playlist how many songs can i have we'll go we'll go three three okay um i'm gonna go with um it's very very old but a credence clear water revival fortunate son uh big on that for sort of a get if you're on the, the team bus with the players getting them pumped up um maybe um, something from Kanye West's Watch the Throne album, um, something like that. Uh, you know, I'm 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 trying to um, 
trying to get a few different tastes in here. Cater uh, for everyone. Yeah, trying to cater for everybody. Yeah, cater for different tastes. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, and third, um, hmm. okay, so away day playlist. Could it be for the bus on the way back, for example? Yeah, you make the okay, rules. So it doesn't have to be doesn't have to be pre match. Okay, um, I think you've got to have Sweet Caroline on there just in case, just Perfect. in case you, you take three points. Brilliant. I mean, I love seeing everyone's faces as I put them under pressure, struggle to come up with an yep. answer. Now it's your turn to pass the question forward. So a non-football related question to be passed forward till next week. Uh, right. Okay. Um, which uh, Premier League footballer do you think would be um, the would, would be the, the most fun on a night out? Perfect. Brilliant. You've smashed it. Thank you very much. No worries, mate. Thank you for having me. And with that, today's episode is brought to a close. Now, not many of you will know that a Leicester preview was actually recorded, but with the breaking news following a few days after, the game was suspended, hence us not releasing it, which is really unfortunate, as I was joined by not one, but two guests. If any of you were wondering about the previous non-football-related question, they were both in agreement, actually, that um, Beef Madras was their favourite curry. And obviously the question they passed forward as you heard it today was what would be your ideal away day playlist? Now, hopefully we'll be able to get the same guests on next time we play Leicester and you may even be able to hear a sneak peek of the last episode because I actually believe that it was one of the best quality episodes that I've produced in terms of the previews and the best quality episodes that would have gone out on this channel. So it is a real shame that they weren't able to put out but nevertheless, thank you to Joe for joining me today as we produce another preview in what feels like an age since we last recorded. And I look forward to having Villa back after another international break. If you did enjoy today's episode, make sure to follow us on Twitter at 7500 to Holt and follow me at Sebastian Bacon 8 Make sure to check out Joe while you're there, which is Joe Donahue. And don't forget, up the Villa. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.